You're listening to Femcanic Garage, the podcast that features women in the automotive and motorsports industries. A community that elevates, empowers, and evolves by smashing stereotypes and breaking down barriers for women. I'm your host, Jamie Blossman. Buckle up for the ride, Femcanics. Today in the driver's seat, I have Ginger Schmidt from Kiss My Gas. She's been in the industry for about four years. She does custom paint jobs on motorcycles. Once you check out her Instagram page, I think you'll agree with me that she is an artist first that just happens to work on motorcycles. So why don't we get to it? All right. I have with me today Ginger Schmidt. I have her in the driver's seat. and We're going to be chatting a little bit today about her journey in the automotive industry. Her main focus is motorcycles. How are you doing, Ginger? I'm great. How are you? I am doing well. Let's get to it. I, I saw you on Instagram. That's how I stumbled across you and the amazing work that you do. You do custom paint jobs. Do you mind sharing with the listeners about how you got started about what age you got into it, what kind of piqued your interest around it? You know, it's funny because I was interested in other things. I grew up in construction field. My mom is a construction worker, went to school for it. I discovered welding, which I absolutely loved. And then like I randomly took an auto body class. It was all right. I liked it. I was good at it, I guess. They offered me a paid apprenticeship, which I almost took, but then I was offered a welding job at the same time. And I just loved welding. So I took that instead. It was whatever fabrication work. And then I ended up doing some welding and construction. And yeah, I don't know. I was about to move to San Diego, get a job there. And I just randomly decided that I didn't want to work for a company like building their stuff or their ideas. Like I wanted to do my own creative stuff. And I was talking to somebody and I was like, I think I'm going to get a job at a body shop, eventually open my own shop painting motorcycles. Yeah. And that's what I did. (laughs) I'm actually going to go back a little bit because you, so your mom worked in construction. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool too. So you grew up being around a woman that's pretty in a male dominated field as well. Yeah. And she, not, she was always underneath the hood of a car too, because whatever, we always, we didn't have a lot of money and we always had beater cars and she did a lot of mechanical work as well. You've been around cars and mechanical work your entire life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty cool. What, what was your favorite car to work on with your mom? I didn't really work on cars with her. <laughs> I mostly just watched her. Um, she had a 67 Thunderbird that she loved. I think that was the one she had for the longest when I was a kid. <laughs> That's that's pretty cool. I mean, typically you hear stories about, you know, the little girl that may be up under her dad's. That's pretty neat. And then you got into construction as well. And you mentioned about welding. What kind of welding is your favorite? It's not any particular kind of welding. I just loved melting steel, I guess. That's pretty <laughs> like, cool. <laughs> it's kind of hard to explain <laughs> my feelings for it. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's <good>. uh, <laughs> Some women want jewelry, others want <laughs> to weld. There's not, you make your own jewelry. That's right. pretty cool. So did you end up going to school then or for, for that trade? I did. I, I did complete a program. It was mostly stick welding. And I got. There's a lot of listeners that listen to this that may know about that. Do you care going in and just kind of explaining what that is exactly? 
it's tougher explaining it, right? It's when yeah. Like it, do it. <laughs> well, like arc welding, it's more like structural stuff. There's lots of different types of welding. So there's MIG welding and TIG welding and stick welding. And what I was doing was more like heavy duty structural welding. How you got into the automotive? Was it automotive or was it purely bikes? It was automotive. Walk me through, you. so you got your certs and then you kind of shifted gears a little bit out of pure welding to the automotive industry. Yeah. Uh, so I, I took an auto body class randomly. It just sounded interesting to me. I, I guess I was good at it. Like all the other people in the class would always make me paint because I was better at it, I guess. And like I, I liked it. Um, it wasn't what I wanted to do at the time with my life. But one thing that did interest me is I did play around with like some graphics and made a little art piece and I loved that I mean I was I did a lot of artwork at the times like that definitely piqued my interest and then welding I did do some welding actually I taught welding to the other student while I was going to while I was taking that class. You started off with automotive, but you just kind of, it sounds like you kind of fell into really the motorcycle painting or was that very intentional? That was very intentional. Like I didn't, like I said, I wanted to do something creative where I could work for myself and I was doing my own creative work as as opposed to like welding something that somebody else designed or painting just you know boring you know doing a repair and repainting it to look the same as it did before I yeah I just wanted I was an artist and I wanted to do something in that field so you're an artist that just happens to work on automotive and motorcycles yeah that's pretty cool so I want to talk a little bit about kind of your got the certs you moved into the automotive kind of like your journey in, I don't know if you want to call it an apprenticeships, but it's building that experience along the way. How many different shops did you work with? And kind of give the listeners an idea of like time frame because we all have a tendency to be extremely hard on ourselves around, well, it should take me this long to do this. And by this age, I want to accomplish this. And I should have this within this many years or months. Sometimes we tend to like rush ourselves and to be our own worst critics, if that makes yeah. sense. Oh, it totally makes sense. <laughs> Can you kind of like walk us through your journey around, okay, I know I don't want to do welding. I want to go down the path of automotive and the creative and just kind of like lay out kind of a timeline for folks to let folks know. And not to spoil the ending here, but you are your own entrepreneur. You do own your own business, Kiss My Gas, which I'm going to pick your brain about that one in a minute because that's such a cool name. Mind walking the listeners through that a little bit? Yeah, so I got a job as a prepper at a at a production shop. It was whatever, mostly dealership, car rental places. It, they did some insurance jobs and stuff like that. I was just mostly prepping bumpers. And well, I started out um, doing R and I, just taking what's R and I, just remove and install. Got it. So, and yeah. I don't want to assume that because. One of the things I don't want to do with this podcast is also educate people because there's some women who want to learn about it, but sometimes they may feel stupid asking their husbands about it or their boyfriends where maybe this can kind of be their little knowledge base where they can start educating themselves around it a little bit. So yeah, I mean, I don't know if I did that too long. I know that my first day there, like I, I, yeah, I was taking stuff apart and I didn't have any of my own tools or anything is kind of a mess running around borrowing tools from people that I didn't know and but yeah and then I started prepping and it, mostly bumpers it was I, 
I didn't, didn't really know what I was doing at all, even though I had gone to school for it. And I'd done a little body work here and there, but I didn't know anything about plastic repair and a challenge, a huge challenge um, mentally. I guess that was mostly because of my coworkers. It was a super fast paced shop and I was learning and I wasn't treated very well. Probably one of the worst jobs I've ever had in my life where I act like I loved going to work and I loved my job in the sense that I was learning cool things and I didn't have to work in an office, which I absolutely hate. I've done that before and can't stand it. Um, I was working towards my goal and gaining knowledge that I needed to get to that like the atmosphere I worked in and my coworkers, like it was absolutely a nightmare. And I don't want to dwell on it by, by any stretch, but one of the things I, I attended the Women in Machine event and I've talked to other women as well, and not just in the automotive and motorsports industry, but fill in the blank of whatever industry that which may be male dominated. I've observed a theme amongst women when they share their stories. In male dominated fields, I, I may, I'm making an assumption here that in that particular shop, were you the only female? I was the only female working in the shop. There were two females um, who worked in the office. Uh, actually three because of the owner's wife was in there too. Can you kind of share a little bit like what you experienced? I know that you mentioned that it, it was a not a healthy environment. We don't have to get like too far down in it. One of the, like I was saying, one of the things that I picked up is a lot of these women went like when, uh, when I had an opportunity to listen to them talk and talk to panelists at the Women in Machine event, the biggest thing that seemed to be a relief to them is just hearing that it wasn't just happening to them, that they're alone. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like they're the anomaly and mm-hmm. it's just them. D- do you mind just at a high level, just kind of share with the listeners um, like what you were experiencing? Well, um, I guess at that shop and then the, the other shop I worked at after that, I don't know if my coworkers were felt threatened by having a woman who in the shop do a, just as good a job as them or that's kind of the feeling I got. Yeah, it was definitely uh, wasn't easy. I had coworkers like intentionally sabotaging my work to make me look bad. I was trying to learn and they would tell me how to do stuff wrong. It was very discouraging, especially when I started painting. I had, you know, like I said, I painted when I went to school for it and I was really good at it. Um, I had painted stuff, some motorcycles on the side at that point, and they came out really, really nice. When I started painting at a shop, all of a sudden, like, seemed like I couldn't paint anymore. Every time I put clear on something, I would want to quit my job because it would come out so horrible. And it was basically the guy's you know, I was listening to them and uh, they kept telling me to turn my air pressure way down. And finally, I just stopped listening to them. I started asking outside sources. It got much better, but like for a while there, yeah, it was very discouraging. Now, you did mention outside help and you and I spoke before. Maybe it's time to give a shout out to that outside help that you had talked about where you know, we definitely, we're not given the impression at all that all men are not supportive of women in the automotive industry. That is so far from the truth because in the same breath, those are typically, it's the men that are the mentors as well. And Mm -hmm. I know that you had mentioned some resources that have been just absolute phenomenal mentors and help to you. Do you want to mention them? At some point I discovered Instagram. A few painters started following me. I I guess I, I posted a car that I 
painted or yeah and just opened up this whole new world to me I started chatting with with painters from all over the world really asking lots of questions and and you know there was one that I chatted with more than uh more than anybody else I asked questions to, and if I admired somebody's work I would message them and ask them questions and I've never had anybody ignore my questions or not you know try to help me out on Instagram pretty much anytime I asked anybody a question it was all guys it was all men always super helpful <laughs> yeah I think refinish family yeah because I, I went and checked them out and started following them and super neat to look at the artwork that's done and to say you're extremely humble I've been following your work for for over a month now and mm-hmm. you produce some beautiful beautiful what I will call pieces of art they just oh, happen <laughs> on motorcycles <laughs> I mean it, it's if I were to create your business card and in marketing I would say artist first which happens to work on motorcycles because <laughs> it is beautiful beautiful work and in some of the details that you show in the process if you guys haven't had a chance to go out and check out kiss my gas on Instagram you need to check out because ginger puts these videos out there which shows how she does some of the process of her artwork which is absolutely fascinating to me the gold metal flake that you'll use it's like almost like tin foil and oh, the gold leaf yeah it looks extremely difficult to work with you have to <laughs> have had, the patience of a saint <laughs> yeah i've had my my struggles with gold leaf but i think i got it down now <laughs> i mean the the finished product is world class but it, it's another thing to kind of watch the process to do it. My goodness, it, patience, 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 patience. Yeah, so definitely a lot of patience. You went through this process of learning. Uh, you went through these very difficult challenges where you faced, let's just say, not, not a very supportive coworker uh, cohort, ultimately to get to the place to be an entrepreneur and be your own boss so can you walk us through kind of like what that transition was like from i'm an employee to you know what here's here's my notice i'm done and taking the leap to start your own business because there is a lot of listeners out there that i know they're stewing around in the back of their head of wanting to take take that leap but just like Mm -hmm. anyone taking that leap from the quote-unquote reliable job there's a lot of uh, fears there. So mm-hmm. do you mind sharing with the listeners kind of like your, your thought process behind it? What were some of your fears? What were you excited about? Well, I think it, it did take me a little bit longer than I had planned. I had a very specific goal in mind. I'm going to work at shops for this amount of time and then start my own business. Do you, do you mind sharing how much, like what that goal was? Was it like a couple years, five years? No, like a year. <laughs> a year? Okay. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Uh, that didn't work out, but two years, almost two and a half years, I guess. But uh, it's something that I had been working on since I started the first body shop. It was always, I, whatever, I was going to work there. But when I got home, I was working on practicing with an airbrush and stuff like that. I would paint my cousin, fixes up old um like Honda mini bikes and stuff. And he would send me tanks to paint for him. And then when I moved back to Oakland and started working at the shop here, at the suggestion of my cousin, 
who helps me out a lot as far as starting my own business, built my website for me and all that. He suggested that I advertise on Craigslist under like motorcycle parts. So I did that and I would, you know, I got quite a bit of side work just from doing that. Yeah, I was kind of hectic. I was working long hours at the body shop and then I would come home and I would sand motorcycle parts in my kitchen. That is fabulous, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I I love it. Sanding motorcycle parts in your kitchen. Yes. Yep. That's what I'm talking about. Buffed parts in my kitchen. Like, (laughs) yeah, I don't have a yard, so I have a small apartment. I did what I could. Yeah, it was crazy hours for me. And then also as far as like taking that plunge, finally totally helped that my work environment was so horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Because I couldn't stand it there anymore. Extra motivation. (laughs) Yes, definitely. And um, that's something that I I know I've told people who are close to me on lots of occasions. Like, I think, like, I feel like things need to be horrible so that I work harder to um, starting my own business. (laughs) Well, I, I have to give you kudos, Ginger, because I've seen this go both ways. I've seen folks that are in tough situations, they kind of fold and succumb to it, and you chose to use it as motivation. Kudos to you for going going after it and using it as motivation. Once you you kept that going, you started off with Craigslist in posting motorcycle parts. You were doing the buffing, the sanding, everything on the side. So, you know, at what point did you did you say, okay, I'm ready to make this plunge? Well, I guess. A lot. There were a lot of factors. One, I don't know, like what my boss was going through, but things were extra, extra horrible. He was starting to try and block me from doing side work. I, when I started that job, I had actually had another shop that wanted to hire me. My way of deciding which job I was going to take was, would it be okay if I did, if I painted motorcycles, I came in and used the booth on, on my day off. Uh, one of them said, no, absolutely not. And the other one said, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I was getting busier and busier with the motorcycles. And my living room was getting piled up with motorcycles and motorcycle parts. And I was like, okay, I'm, I kind of found another place to paint. It wasn't ideal. It worked and decided to do it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you had mentioned that you've built your own paint booth before. Yeah, that came later. Like, a, I think almost a year. Got it. So I don't want to jump the gun too or something. far on that. Yeah. I'll let you explain mm-hmm. that. So you were working at your regular job. You were going in and doing the extra painting for your side jobs. Mm-hmm. So you were about two years in at this point? Yeah. Got it. What was the final thing where you're like, okay, I'm definitely doing it? I can't recall exactly. It was like I said, it was a a lot of a lot of different things. My boss trying to block me from painting on my days off. I was just getting busier with the side work. So, you know, I felt like I had enough enough work at that time where it was more like, okay, I'm making making more money painting these motorcycles than I am working for this job. So it's the no brainer thing to do. Yeah. Did you end up getting your own, hey, I'm done, I quit. And then you just, it wasn't that you just started your business, you were accumulating uh, this following and this customer base all along the way. Yeah. And then you were done working at the other shop. Did you find your own location then? Or did you continue doing things on the side? I bounced around quite a bit. I was painting in the back of a mechanic shop. I kind of set something up back there. 
I was renting another shop. I had this huge shop all to myself. It was pretty awesome. But that was, I was actually renting that from my old boss. He thought that I was still going to paint stuff for him. He wasn't going to pay me like what it, I was worth when, you know, I told him, I'm like, you know, like I'm making this much money off of painting this motorcycle. I'm only making this much money off of painting this for you. So good I for you. Good and for you. <laughs> he didn't like that. And he kicked me out of that shop. And then that's when I moved over. I had a customer. I had painted a few things for him. He worked at a Porsche shop and he also did uh, mechanic mechanical work on motorcycles. And he asked me to move and rent space in the backyard of his shop. So when I ended up building my own paint booth was in was in the backyard of that shop. I'm curious, like, like, how big was this booth? It was 20 feet by 14 feet, I believe. That's decent sized. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty, you know, pretty good size. That's a project in itself. Yes, we built it in the rain. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> nope. <laughs> so is there, so clearly you didn't buy like a kit, right? This isn't a kit no. that you bought and built. No, I went to high stuff. Um, yeah, I went to Home Depot. Um, actually, he had a bunch of steel beams in his backyard that were just scrap and we built the frame out of that. I bought a bunch of steel sheeting, lumber, plywood, and for the walls and that's pretty cool. You don't you don't happen to have a picture of it, do you? I do have some pictures, probably you, a bunch of pictures. Would you be open laptop. to sharing one or two of the pictures with the viewers? Sure. And I think there's a post on Instagram as well. Um, oh, cool. So. Yeah, if you, if you don't mind pointing me in that direction or sending one of them over, I, I'd, I'd love to uh, include it as an option for the listeners to kind of connect the dots and see what you're referring to. Okay. Yeah, definitely. That'd be cool. So you, you built your own paint booth there. Mm-hmm. Is that where you're at today? No. Right now I'm renting shop and I'm renting space in a shop in an existing body shop. Currently, hopefully in the next couple of months will be in my own shop. Woohoo! Congratulations, man. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so that sounds pretty exciting. You have to be super excited to have your own space at that point. I'll be super excited when it happens. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Let's talk just a little bit about logistics of starting your own business. Can you like walk the the listeners through, you know, what was maybe a gotcha or something that you didn't think about initially, like when starting your own business? I don't know. I guess it's something that I had been working on for a while. So I did a lot of research on running a business. and So you just pop in just like Google start, you know, something simple, like start, start my own business or something like that. Yeah. And then even just auto body stuff, like all the permits that you need, not saying that I got all that stuff right away. Yeah. I, whatever. I did a lot of research over the years and I had already been painting motorcycles on the side, like kind of my own thing before I quit my day jobs. So the biggest thing to let folks, let folks know is take your time, do your research as you go, and then you don't feel that overwhelmed. And it's just where opportunity meets preparation. Yeah, yeah. You know what you're getting yourself into before you get yourself into it. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you it come is- up with your name? The name of your business, Kiss My Gas. Because when I saw that, I'm like, oh my God, that's clever. That's super cool. <laughs> <laughs> so G-A-S is my initials, Ginger Ann Schmidt. I think I was telling you before, it's something that I've I hated that that was my initials. Like (laughs) when I was younger, it was like gas, (laughs) 
that's for that's horrible initials to have. Like, <laughs> I, I, but, I can uh, imagine <laughs> little kids uh, taking that. <laughs> and running. Yeah, you know, when I did was thinking of a na- uh, name for um, my shop, I think maybe my friend asked me what my initials were, and I was like, you know what? Actually, my initials might work pretty good. <laughs> It fits in perfectly, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That is super cool. What is the proudest moment or achievement that you have in your career so far? I don't know. I guess when I, every time I look through my Instagram page and see my work, I'm kind of blown away that like, wow, I did that (laughs) because it's it's been pretty crazy um, as far as, you know, didn't start out with workers. I just kind of trying to figure everything out as I went along, still learning, definitely. And running your own business is, it's hectic. You're doing everything yourself from start to finish. On a lot of these projects, like I have meltdowns, like nothing's going right. I'm a failure. Like this is horrible. I'm repainting this. Like it's not glamorous at all. (laughs) When I do sit back and I, yeah, I guess I flip through the pictures. I'm like, wow, (laughs) all of that headache and that came out really nice. And, (laughs) you know, when I look at my Instagram, like you don't see all the craziness and drama and screw ups that went into that particular whatever piece of work like all you see is the finished product and yeah it makes me pretty proud i don't blame you because your work is beautiful and thank you so much for being open and being willing to share that part of the process because that's kind of the annoying thing about social media all you see is the end product (laughs) Right. (laughs) Show me the cracked knuckles. Show me the picture of the clock where you're still working at 3 a.m. because you have to redo something and (laughs) you have to deliver it the next day. I mean, those are the things that it's hard, even if you did take pictures of that stuff, to really wrap your mind in your arms around that unless you've done it. Thank you very much for sharing that and being willing to share that part because that's definitely not the glamorous part, but it's also what makes, I imagine, looking at those Instagram pictures that much more gratifying. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Well, Ginger, before we wrap up with the red line round, is there anything that you want to share with the listeners? Yeah, I guess for anyone who, you know, is interested in starting their own shop or I guess any kind of business. I do have people message me sometimes on Instagram asking me questions about starting out. I guess like the number one thing is, you know, like you're not going to be slammed with work right away. Yeah, it's not all glamorous. It's, you know, even when you are slow, it seems like you still are busy and you're just, you're busy, but you're not making money (laughs) kind of thing, which just stick it out because And when you're slow, go out and talk to people and drop cards, introduce yourself. And even if you don't see outcome from that right away, it'll trickle in. And then, you know, like the more work you get out there, the, and the more time you put into making that work look awesome, it'll come around. So I guess just be patient and don't give up right away. Ginger, thank you so much for hopping in the driver's seat with us tonight. We're going to go ahead and jump into the red line round. What the red line round is, is it's just five rapid questions, pretty straightforward questions, and you just share what pops into your head immediately. You ready? Okay, (laughs) sure. All right. What is one resource you have used in your journey that you can share with other femcanics? 
I guess Instagram. What has been the best industry book, podcast, or class that uh, you have consumed in the last 12 months? I can't say that I, I've taken any classes or read any books in the last 12 months. So it's just tribal knowledge and getting out there and doing it then. Yep. <laughs> experience. Oh. Got it. <laughs> Three, what do you do when you feel the most alive and why? What is that thing that you do and you feel the most alive? Uh, when I take a vacation. Take a vacation. Yes. Perfect. Warm spot or do you like going to cold areas? Uh, warm, definitely. Warm, definitely. Four. California girl. <laughs> California girl. Got it. <laughs> what is a personal habit that has helped you significantly in this industry? Personal habit is trying to make everything perfect. <laughs> Perfectionist. Yes. And finally, what is your parting advice to other women finding their way in the automotive and motorsports industry? Be savage about it. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it or that you're not good enough. Just, you know, if you want to do something, block everybody out, put your head down and do it. Rock on, girl. I have my little rock fingers up in the air right now. <laughs> what I'm talking about. So let the listeners know, where can people connect with you? I guess on Instagram, under gingerninja.com, and on Facebook, if you search for Kiss My Gas Industry, I'm on there as well. And you have a website, right? I do have a website. It is www.kmgasoakland.com, K-M-G-A-S-O-A-K-L-A-N-D.com. Ginger, thank you once again for getting in the driver's seat. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thanks for sharing your travel knowledge with other fanatics. Greatly appreciated. Anytime. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks for listening to the Femcanic Garage Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Femcanic Garage. Check out our website, femcanicgarage.com, for swag and the transcribes for each episode. If you want to help grow this community, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, share this podcast. Spread the word. This is Jamie B. signing off. Are you a femcanic?